heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? Racing Pulse with Michael Felgate. Morning, Moods. Uh, morning, boys. How are you? Very well. Um, congratulations. Uh, you've produced another uh, best and fairest winner with Brianne. Now a dual Carlton AFLW best and fairest winner after last night. Uh, you must be a very chuffed father. Yeah, no, most definitely. You're always proud of your children's achievements and uh, disappointed that they're on the side that didn't make the final series. But... Uh, uh, yeah, individuals don't make a team, but she, obviously she had a good year and, uh, yeah, very proud that uh, she got the gong and uh, I'm sure her and the whole team will be looking to build on that next year. Yeah, what are your, what are your predictions for next year? Oh, listen, that's sort of out of my, uh, <laughs> out of my comfort zone predicting AFLW or, uh, sport, you know, sporting predictions, but uh, I'm sure they'll build on it again. Uh, new coach, first year, uh, and I think they'll come together a bit more again next year and be very competitive, the girls. Well, she's got bragging rights uh, in the Moody household at the moment. You might win it back tomorrow if you can lift the Ballarat Cup. Have you won a Ballarat Cup before? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, over the years, I don't, I don't think it's a race where I've had a lot of runners. So, uh, or a runner. Or, listen, I'm not sure. Someone you're punching away on the computer there to find previous Melbourne Cup uh, Ballarat Cup winners by the sounds here, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'll see if I can find one. We, we might uh, we might get one up tomorrow. Hopefully, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. He's um he's a horse that is very consistent throughout his entire career. He just finds it hard to win, and he was good again last start at Caulfield. Yeah, listen, he has been. I think he's just very immature and very babyish in a lot of his attributes. You could you know quickly tag him a money muncher or, or a horse that maybe doesn't like to hit the line, but he comes back having a blow and leaving his all out there each and every time. I think he's just run into a couple of tough seasoned old horses his last couple of runs uh, that have out-muscled him. And, and, he, and when you see him in the yard, he's still got a baby head. He's a four-year-old. He's lightly raced. And they're still, still sort of working it all out. And you go, want to slap blinkers on him and do this and that and mix it up. But I think he's just got to learn his craft and get a bit tougher and harder and tomorrow we'll go towards that again and then I reckon post tomorrow he probably has a break for the summer months and comes back in the autumn and you know he's a horse that'll be you know competitive in any sort of mile a quarter um, handicaps you know even better grade handicaps uh, next season I reckon. Yeah so he's still got a lot more upside you think to come? I think so, yeah, for sure. He's, it's all ahead of him, and uh, and I think tomorrow will harden and toughen him a little bit more. I'm hoping he can win. You, you just know he sort of races not too far away from them. He puts himself in a winning position, and uh, you know one of these days uh, it's the penny's going to drop and he'll outmuscle them like he's been getting outmuscled. And let's hope that is tomorrow. He's uh, he's badly weighted at the ratings. Um, you know the top couple have probably been invited. And the bottom two-thirds of the field, uh, you know, he's probably carrying three or four kilos more than he should in a genuine handicap. Um, they put out these uh, true weight scales and all that that they don't use in these types of races. I don't know why they bother to put them out, but uh, it's beyond me. Like, he should probably have about 50 or 51. But that's what we face these days. Most of these handicap listed group threes, they're quality handicaps. They're not handicaps. And... Uh, 
for him to meet uh, young Werther at six kilos, he should be meeting about ten, you know. It, it does seem that way. Like, we've seen it in the Melbourne Cup, our biggest race. It's become more like that quality handicap of weight system. Oh, well, uh, undoubtedly, you know, like, uh, um, this is the case when you put up the minimum weights, and, and probably rightly so for the jockey's sake. Um, you know, years gone by, you remember as a young bloke growing up, your, your welters and your handicaps and your, and your stakes races, there was nothing for a horse to carry 63, 64, mm. 65. Now they're sort of petrified the people, one, to run them, and two, the handicappers to give them their right weights, you know? And a horse like Young Werther, like, uh, you know, he's, he's a Turnbull stakes quality horse, and he's given six kilos to uh, a benchmark 78 horse. He should be given 16 to him, but good luck. I wish I was in this situation. Yeah, is it because we can't have jockeys making the weights? Well, you wouldn't have much weight worries making the weight if they had 63. No, no, but the, yeah, well, I suppose that's right. <laughs> and then what's that come down to an equine welfare issue? Oh, listen, I don't know. For, for 100 years, they've been carrying bigger weights than 60. They just seem to cap these races. I'm not sure if it's a maximum top weight. But when you have a maximum top weight or they're treated or weighted as quality handicaps, which this seems to be, um, the bottom ones. And, and, and listen, we don't have to run against them. That's the end of the mm. story. We're not, no one's got a gun to our head saying, you've got to run there four kilos or on side of the weights. We choose to do that and hope we can uh, mix it with them and hope a horse like Young Werther or Just Folk up the top of the weights, uh, have an off day, and one of these younger horses, and hopefully one's mine, uh, can get the job done against them. There's a bit of rain predicted. He's been placed 7 of 10 on good tracks, and he's won 2 of 5 on soft. What would you prefer? Uh, well, listen, I just had this chat with Jeff in the racing office, Jeff O'Connor, and we thought both our runners would probably certainly run on soft ground. They've both got some sort of wet ground form. Um, so we'd be confident going there on soft to suggest both our runners could run well. If it got worse, we've got no idea, but their fitness level suggests they'd go there and run well, and uh, and we'd learn. Well, he's an $8 chance in the cup, and the other one you speak of is uh, Divine Purpose, who goes around in race number six. And uh, Look, it's an open race, but uh, she's the $3.40 favourite, and you can see why off the first run for your stable at Caulfield. Um, she was a little bit stiff, and I loved how strong she was through the line. Yeah, she was, but uh, also on that day, I think they were very flattered down on the fence. Um, so something had to make ground and run second or third. And, you know, without getting that slight hold up on the straight, she probably does nut them. But did the the track that day really flatter the horses down on the fence? I, yes, I believe so. And she was probably a beneficiary of that. But she's a nice mare. Um, probably wants a mile and a quarter. Oh, I just thought another mm. run at a mile, I wouldn't have to to do a lot with her at home and just learn a little bit more about her. And um, this is a way towards that tomorrow. Repeat performance, you'd see her run extremely well. Um, you know, she obviously drawn to probably settle midfield the second half and uh, be strong down the centre, hopefully, and get a chance. What do you do with her throughout the, the summer months? Oh, no lofty targets. You know, is she a filly that could end up in a nice mile and a quarter handicap or early New Year into those sort of Launceston Hobart Cups or something like that? But listen, we're still very much learning about her and where she sits in the food chain, I'm not sure, but it's a nice time of year to have a mare like her with, with rating upside to be going around, you know? Mm. Oh, I see you got Red Sun Sensation ended in the Perth Cup. Is that any chance? No, no, no. That was sort of speculative because he's owned in the West, but I've since had a chat with the owners and, uh, you know, of the belief that uh, win, lose or draw tomorrow, we probably 
give him a few weeks off and yep. aim him at the back end of autumn, early winter, which might sort of be uh, something like a Queensland campaign or something like that, you know. A couple of weeks ago, when Anisa won, you said you got a really nice crop of two-year-olds. Would, would Anisa be up the top, or is there another one that we haven't seen yet? She's certainly at the top at the moment. She's mm. the only one we've had to the races. So she's uh, due to lack of opposition. She's far head and shoulders above them all. So uh, listen, when I said nice, we've got a nice, well-bred young team of horses, um, and I'd like to think there's a couple more that can go as well as her. But uh, until they go and do it, I'm not going to put my head in the block. But uh, with the few nice, well-bred fillies and colts that we have, uh, be disappointed over the next month or so if we couldn't. Uh, Produce a couple more is to her level. I'm not convinced, but uh, I, I hope in a month's time you say, yeah, you, you know, they might be as good. Yeah, but it's nice to have that benchmark. Mm. We don't traditionally have much pre-Christmas two-year-olds, but when you've got a filly like her, you start to get a guide for what you've got at home. And uh, yeah, no, we're pretty happy with what we've got. Are you still leaning towards a blue diamond rather than Magic Millions with her? Yes, had that chat with owners over the course of the week. Uh, she's having a freshen up as we speak, and uh, and she, you probably see her back at Caulfield around Australia Day that week. You know that sort of period where we start to see the previews and the preludes run. I just didn't think she was strong enough uh, to travel to Queensland, and uh, because we're sort of she's had a pretty deep prep, and to be quite honest, she hasn't spelled since she was broken in. So she's got a lot of professional attributes about her, but you've got to sort of pull up stumps at some stage. And uh, even though the Magic Millions at $3 million is a massive carrot, yeah. you'd love to be there. I just don't think she's the horse at this point for that. So with a little let-up, hopefully she can maintain condition and be strong through the early part of the autumn. Has I Wish I Win returned to the stable yet? Uh, he comes back on Monday, start doing a bit of work on Monday. So we'll get him ticking over and... Uh, Look forward to having him back in the yard too because mm. he's obviously the shining light and uh, he's enjoyed uh, a nice break. Uh, once again, he's a horse that's the first time... I know he hasn't had a lot of racing, but it's the first time he's probably had a a decent spell since uh, he returned, you know, arrived in our yard 18 months ago and he's really enjoyed it. And, uh, um, you know, looking forward to getting him back on track probably late autumn. Is it lightning stakes, similar autumn preparation as last year or something different? No, you wouldn't be ready for a lightning. Okay. So I would think uh, like Oakley Plates and New Markets at the handicaps, probably top end of the scale. I would think maybe something like a William Reed or, or you know, leading into a TJ Smith or something. I haven't even looked at dates yet, to be honest. That's how worried I am about it. We'll get him up, get him rolling along. And, but I would think uh, it's certainly not the lightning, but uh, in the latter part of the autumn, uh, probably leading to a, hopefully a successful campaign in uh, winning the TJ Smith again. That'd be nice. Yeah, and and back to the Everest, uh, I'd imagine would be the the long term target once again. I think like sort of our plans, and it's impossible not to do it when there's a twenty million dollar carrot. There is everything will be geared from the day he goes into work on Monday. Will be geared towards October next year at Randwick, and I would suggest he probably only has two or three runs between now and then. So. Uh, stupid not to consider it mm. when you've got a gelding like him. Um, he might be a great miler, he might be a great 2,000 metre horse, I don't know, but we know he's very handy at 1,200 metres and even short of winning it, we got 3 million for running second, so it's stupid not to be a target and everything will be aimed toward that one race. Uh, might sound stupid, but when you own and train them yourself, uh, you can do that. You don't have to answer to anyone else and, uh, and uh, everything will be geared towards that again. This is a question without notice, and it's a bit left field, but you you grew up and started your early 
years in Sydney. What did you make of the news that they're looking to sell off Rose Hill uh, that broke in Sydney yesterday? Well, we've been going through this in Melbourne for the last couple of years, haven't we? We're seeing down, uh, sadly, um, once again, you know, it looks like a situation where they want to sell something they own and invest in something they don't, a la Sandown Caulfield, a la Rose Hill and uh, Randwick, uh, to a degree. Um, it'll be very sad. Um, we want to keep selling our assets. Uh, listen, that's worked well for the government, hasn't it, the last mm. few years? They sell everything out, they've got the arse out of their pants. Um, you know, it's about returned investment, people chest-beating and saying what their bottom line looks at. Now, what about the industry in another 30 or 40 years? It's not going to worry you or I. But uh, where are they going to be and where are they going to be racing, you know? Um, you know, disappointing to lose such terrific racetracks that I've grown up with. I hope it's not the case, and like I think here, I hope it's not the case at Sandown. I saw a half-baked report and some bastard saying that selling part of Sandown wouldn't work so they can convince people to sign off and sell in Sandown. Shit, there's a lot of land there. I'd like to own what wouldn't need to be used for a racetrack and and invested in that facility, but, uh, you know, everyone's worrying about getting a dollar in their pocket and uh, not worrying about the long-term issue. That's what scares me, but at the end of the day... It's not going to worry me, but it's certainly concerned for the younger generation in the industry if they want to keep selling everything we own. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, Moods, uh, one SMS saying, ask Moods to give us a Christmas turkey. What's your best, anyway? Oh, Christmas turkey. Yeah, I'm, I'm light on for turkey this week. I think we've had uh, eight or ten runners and haven't run a place. We've run a heap of fours. <laughs> um, turkey's looking bleak. We're going from the five kilo back to the one kilo at the moment. Um, I thought Miss Russia had run well at Mooney Valley tonight. If the track stays uh, in a reasonable sort of good force, soft five, and um, oh, listen, I think those two at Red Sun Sensation eight to one mm. each way. That's that's you know uh, that's uh, I think that's very easy uh, if you put him in a multiple each way all day at, at eight to one. I thought that was terrific value. Good on you, Moods. Good luck over the weekend. Have a great weekend. Stay well, stay healthy. Peter Moods joining us there. Always good to get his thoughts on his horses and his thoughts on the big issue at the moment, Rose Hill. So um, his sentiments are well received on the SMS and in other areas as well. We'll take a quick break. We'll get some winners from the McAvoy Yard after this, playing on their home deck on Ballarat Cup Day.